Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 7 Sage LSAT podcast. I'm Henry Ewing. And I'm joined with my co-host. So you used to say joined by my lovely co-host, and, and that's changed in the last two episodes. Did I do something new, Henry? Eh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> well, my name's Asta, and we are here to talk about <laughs> the LSAT. And I more think you know what happened. What are you talking about? I've been nothing but... Was it the episode where oh, the logic oh, was? Oh, we're playing dumb now. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're doing Henry? we're best friends don't yeah, do that, this to that's me a, that's a good that's a good i, I, I mean i certainly thought so <laughs> it was one episode it wasn't personal <laughs> we just needed <laughs> examples i didn't know what else no to it's, do. it's okay it's okay <laughs> what are we talking about today Henry? <laughs> we are talking about test day practices and getting out of your own way this is a really dear topic to me because it's true the time i see my enemy most is when i look in the mirror asa i don't know about you you are so dramatic, Henry. I mean, I, to some extent, agree. I think that something I like to emphasize a lot <laughs> to my students when it comes to test day is, is making sure that when you get there, the only thing that is holding you back is your own brain, right? Like, you can learn all of the things. You can study as much as you want. But if you get to test day and you don't have the confidence, you're not in the right headspace, you don't have all the routines set up in front of you to do well, it doesn't matter what prep you did. That confidence aspect of it, your mental health and quality is so, 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 so important to doing well on this test. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say doesn't matter how prepared you are. I think I think someone who prepared will probably do better, even in a bad headspace than someone who didn't prepare. But I but I do take your point in that on test day, right, you want to make sure that your test is as close to a reflection as your true capabilities as possible. And in order to get there, you have to try and limit the number of things that could hinder that. And there's a number of them, unfortunately. Is there a number of them? There is a no, number there of them. No, there, there are. There are a lot of them. <laughs> we had a whole set of notes about it. No, there are a lot of different things that can hold you back on test day. And so the one thing that if you don't take anything else away from this episode, the one thing that I really want to emphasize is when you get to test day, the only new things that you should be seeing, the only new things that you should be experiencing are new questions. Every other aspect of your testing experience, if you have the ability to, you should plan for, you should practice, you should make them consistent. And it seems kind of silly, right? But before you get to test day, there are a lot of things that you can do to kind of build a routine for what test day is going to look like. It's like training for American Ninja Warrior, where like you train and train and train and train and train, and then you get like one shot at the real thing. And it's like, two minutes of your life, but you train for months and months to get it right that one time. And that's kind of how I see the LSAT, right? Like you can do all of this work. You have to make sure you're practicing every little thing. So when you get there, the only thing you're focusing on is doing your absolute best. When we think about doing as well as we possibly can on test day, it really starts way before building a routine for all of the practice tests that you're taking. If you've been listening to our podcast episode, you know the importance of taking regular prep tests to make sure you're kind of monitoring your progress, seeing what's working, seeing what's not working. But the other benefit of taking practice tests is you get to practice what's going to happen on test day. So there are a couple of things that I would recommend building a routine for with practice tests that again, sounds silly, but I promise you, right? They, it's just going to be one last thing that you have to think about on test day. So ideally, if possible, and your schedule and kind of living environment allows it, you're taking the test at the same time each week, right, same time of day, and you're taking it in the same place. A lot of times I've seen people go to coffee shops or libraries, sometimes they'll do it on their bed. I'm talking about myself. Sometimes I would like actually sit down on my desk. On the bed. 
Yeah, I do a lot of my work from my bed. It's really bad. I just take naps all the time. But regardless. Bad sleep hygiene. Yeah, it's not a strength of mine. (laughs) But the idea is you want to make sure you're trying to take the test at around the same time of day, same place. So your environment is the same. And then all the other things too. You're eating the same thing for breakfast. You're waking up at the same time each day. You're going to bed at the same time each day. All of the little things that you can keep consistent, you should, right? I wouldn't. If you typically go out on Friday nights, I don't know if I would take your prep tests like Saturday mornings, right? That might not be the best time or place to do it. But find a time, find a place that works well for you and build a routine around that. If you typically work out in the mornings, work out before you take your prep test. If you typically don't, maybe don't start marathon training two weeks before test day, right? Like try to keep everything as consistent as possible. What do you think, Henry? I 100% agree. And the longer you can have that routine, the better. Obviously, people have a life outside of the LSAT. Boo. I know, unfortunately, right? Bad for us, but you know, good for them. Uh, people, have an, <laughs> people have a life outside the LSAT. I'm sure that's nice. And it's not always possible to maintain perfect sleep schedule, perfect routine for the entirety of your LSAT studying. But I would usually suggest about two weeks out from LSAT time. That's when you really need to get into, all right, I'm being a little bit more LSAT focused. And to look at it as like, it's not like you need to do, but how much better will it make your test day performance? Instead of looking at this as like some terrible thing and, and like an annoying thing you have to do like, oh man, I have to go to bed at the right time. Maybe I shouldn't go out on Friday. Look at it as like an, a way to make your actual test day less stressful because the test is stressful enough. It's hard enough. You don't want to make it any more stressful or hard. And so building up that good sleep hygiene or sleep routine, building up, making sure you're not doing anything crazy, you know, the two weeks before. I usually tell my clients like no alcohol or anything like that. Yeah, two weeks before. I mean, I just don't, it's not going to help you. Let's put it that way. It's incredibly unlikely to help you. (laughs) And I definitely think there is, it's far more likely to hurt you. Even a week or two before, right? These things, they, I don't know. It's like they, does this happen with you, right? Where it's like, I I fall asleep. Like I have a terrible, I actually had a terrible sleep last night, but it was, it was so frustrating because I just knew like for the next four days, it's probably going to make my sleep schedule all weird and everything. I don't know. Does that happen with you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I throw myself off all the time. Like one night that I go to bed like past midnight. Oh, I'm just I'm screwed for the rest of the week. Like I have become such an old lady when it comes to my sleep. Like I need my eight hours. I'm not a night owl. I'm not a morning person. I'm just tired. I just like to sleep. So I I try to keep it as consistent as I possibly can. And there was one thing that you said that I want to touch on just a little bit more is not looking at this like something that you need to do or something you like absolutely have to do. And it's so annoying. I would try to think about it as something that you get to do, right? Like you get to set yourself up well for test day. It's an opportunity to increase your score without doing any hard work, right? Like it's an opportunity to improve your score, do better on test day, just by making sure your routine is good, right? And at the end of the day, especially depending on what your score range is, that could be the difference between a 99th percentile score and a 98th percentile score. It it really could be those last couple points that you're trying to get is just having that routine and all, just just try to think of it as something that you get to do. It's an opportunity to do better. And hopefully it's a little bit more motivating, right? Than just, oh, Henry and also don't want me to drink. They're losers. I think it'll help. I think. Mm-hmm. And, and also, too, just while we're on this, like this is something that you get to do. This is probably like the most, the best thing you can be doing two weeks out, one week out from the LSAT is really getting this routine down, getting your sleep schedule down. It is way better to go to bed at 10 than it is to, if, if that's what your sleep schedule is, than to stay up another two hours and study for the LSAT. Oh, for a sure. Week out. It's just, it's so much better to maintain the routine because when we, as the closer you get to test day, it's not that you can't make progress, but your, your fate is a little more sealed at that point. 
which isn't to say you'll do bad or worse. It's just that the studying you did was probably not going to influence how, how much better or how much worse you do on the test. Does that make sense? Totally agree. No, I totally agree. I say this all the time, right? Like that last stretch of studying for most of my students, it's kind of the last month or maybe the last two weeks. It's not about improving your score. It's about making sure you can score consistently, right? It's just about keeping the wheels running, making sure you're not getting rusty, but you're not really focusing on making, or you shouldn't at least be focusing on making a 10 point jump in the last two weeks of your studying. I'm sure it's been done before, but I would not recommend it, nor do I think it's very likely to happen. So that last kind of stretch of studying, don't focus so much on trying to improve as much as you can. Just make sure you're consistently doing the things that you know how to do. You're not going to learn anything. I mean, maybe if you listen to this podcast, but in general, you're not going to learn anything life changing in the last couple of weeks of your studying, right? Your score is pretty much set in stone at that point. I 100% agree. Let's move on then. So we've built our routine. We've set ourselves up well for test day. Another thing that you want to focus on before test day comes around that I wish that I did, I regret every day that I did it, is making sure you're catering to the Proctor U gods. Because, oh my God, the amount of horror stories I've heard my own horror story with the test with my proctor. It was a rough time. I genuinely thought I like missed every single question. I was miserable after my test because I had a really bad proctor experience. So there are a couple of things that you can do before test day to set yourself up well so that you don't have one of those kind of proctor horror stories. So the first one that I didn't do is test out your computer against the ProctorU requirements. You can download ProctorU beforehand, make sure your computer is compatible. My computer simply wasn't. And I did not come to this realization until about 10 minutes before my test was going to start. So I am like frantically calling everyone in my neighborhood. I get like my friends, friends, dad's extra laptop. I'm like hopping in my car five minutes before my test is supposed to start to get some random person's laptop to take this test, right? That is not an ideal way to start out the test. So definitely recommend testing out your computer against the ProctorU requirements early so that you can create a backup plan if you need to. Have you ever heard or, or was that your experience with the test? There was one thing about my computer that I needed to solve in the five minutes before. I was able to solve it. I can't really remember what it was, to be honest. It, it, was, it was something where like, I had to I don't know, I had to send an email or something. It ended up getting fixed. It ended up being all right. But yeah, I mean, how much, how much better my life would have been had I solved that beforehand? <laughs> it would have been so nice. I was literally like, I get into like the actual proctored session and I am like hysterical. I am sobbing. I'm freaking out. My proctor asked me if I was okay at the beginning really? wow. of my test because <laughs> I was just freaking out. Yeah. And then I was crying and they said crying's not allowed. <laughs> But either way, if you can test out your computer <laughs> earlier, the better. The next couple of things are very simple, but just little rules that I don't think people are told about that often. Make sure you practice taking your test without sticking your face into the desk, right? Or getting your face out of frame. They hate that. Yeah, right? You always have to have your face in frame. The one section this comes up a lot is logic games, right? When you go to write things down on your paper, a lot of times people will kind of like lean over onto their hunch desk over. and their face won't be in frame anymore. Yeah, or hunch over. And proctors don't love that. Some of them are much more chill about it. Some of them aren't. So if you can avoid it, even better. So just practice doing a logic game section, keeping your face in the frame. Also, make sure you have a clear background, a quiet space. If you don't have access to one, LSAC will give you a credit for a hotel room. You just have to let them know early enough. Also, don't talk to yourself. A lot of times people have a habit of reading things out loud or like talking through their logic out loud. My proctor told me to shut up. Like I was fully just talking to myself in the middle of this test and they were like, stop talking. And I was like, okay, I didn't know that I 
couldn't do that. So a light whisper, I think, is fine, but you don't want to be like audibly talking through the test. And the last thing, you can't have multiple monitors or screens in the room. I had a TV in the room that I was taking my test in, so I had to get a bed sheet and, and cover it up. So make sure you're just kind of thinking about those things, making sure your background, your testing space is exactly what it needs to be. Yeah, I think one good rule of thumb that I try to tell people is if, if they're asking, can I get away with this? J- just assume no, right? I think it's just a safe, a safe to assume no and, and just move the TV, right? Or, or move the, the photo. It's like, yeah, it's annoying, but it, it's so like whatever the cost of moving something out of the way or covering something up, it is far outweighed by the benefit of not having to think about it, right? Or not having to do that right before your test. I I think it's just, it's so valuable to to just be able to like log on and not have to move a bunch of things or or like try to stress about, will this be okay? Or will this not be okay? And that's a good, that's a good lesson for life too, right? It's like, is this something I can get away with? I I, I mean, if you can just, just don't do it. So you don't have to think, you don't have to have that emotional burden. Emotional burden. I, I totally agree. So that brings us to test day, right? What to do on test day to warm up or not to warm up. What's your opinion on this, Hunter? I don't know if we've ever talked about it before. I am very, I I don't really care either way. I don't really think it's going to help you that much, to be honest, besides like testing to see if your pen or pencil is like has lead, (laughs) has lead or has lead. (laughs) I really don't know how much it's going to help you. I think it's definitely possible you warm up and you do well and you think, okay, I'm going to do well and that's good, right? It's good to have that confidence boost. But I think it's way more likely that you warm up and you end up bombing it. I don't want to say bombing it, but you warm up and you do less than less good than you think you're supposed to. And then you end up doubting yourself. And then you go into this test with a little bit of doubt. And you're like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? And then you know, I don't want to say it nukes your whole test, but I guess like I'm a paranoid person, right? I, was, I get paranoid about things. So I, I would rather just not even open that up for, for possibility. That said, I, I do allow people... I, when I work with a client, I would say, you, you can do a warm-up. Just make sure it's really, really easy. Really, really easy. Do an LR question, like a sufficient assumption that's one star that you've already done twice just to get the brain flowing. I'm definitely someone, I personally, I think the way more important, like for warming up, like waking up a good amount of time before you're testing is far better than than doing a couple questions. I would much rather have someone take a test after they've been up for three hours than maybe they've been up for one and a half hours. Even if that three hour person has warm, not warmed up, that came out wrong. <laughs> that, no, no, I, I understand what yeah, you're saying. Right? Like, I would gladly, I would put my money on someone who woke, has been up for a while, just the out and about moving, getting the blood flowing, and who is just looking at the test for the first time than someone who maybe they spent 20 minutes warming up, but they woke up 45 minutes before the test, if that makes sense. So, are you letting out the secret of Seven Sages LSAT betting scheme and that we put money down on test takers before they go into it? No, I, I totally <laughs> agree with you. I personally, personally, I'm the type of person that I wanted to have some exposure to LSAT questions before the actual thing started. So I picked out two one-star sequencing games that I had foolproofed a million times before, and I just did them. I didn't check the answers. And that would be kind of my framework. If you feel like you want to warm up, you don't want the first LSAT questions you see on test day to be the real questions. Make sure you're not doing something you haven't already done before, right? Don't do new questions. Find one or two questions from your favorite section, LR, RC, games, whatever it is. 
make sure you've done it before and make sure it's so, so, so easy, right? Now is not the time to pick a five-star question that you're like, ah, like, let me do this. No. And don't check your answer because it really doesn't matter, right? It's not going to make a difference. Yeah, that's the most important thing, I think, actually, is, is this idea of not checking your answers. It's not about whether or not you get the question right. It's about getting those gears turning in your head. If you do do a warm up, right? So don't worry about getting the question right or wrong. But that's also why to make it easy. Because sometimes you'll have a sense too, right? Like, oh, <laughs> why am I not seeing the right answer here? That's why it's good to make it. Yeah, make sure it's one to two star. Not even two. I would say one. You don't want any tricks, nothing. You just want the most simple, straightforward question either. And I also really like that you mentioned kind of waking up early enough to give yourself time to wake up, get your day started, get your blood flowing, whatever you need to do in the morning. Make sure you plan to have something that relaxes you that you're going to do before the test. I personally had a song that I listened to before all my studying sessions and all my PTs and I listened to it on test day and I cannot listen to that song anymore without having war flashbacks. But a song, maybe a snack, maybe a pep talk from someone you care about. Find something that you can look forward to that you'll do right before for the test and also have something after the test that you're looking forward to, right? Maybe you have dinner plans with your family. Maybe you're going out somewhere. Maybe you have a vacation plan the next day, right? Find something after the test that you can do to really take your mind off of it. But yeah, it, it's funny you say relax too, because that was like the exact opposite of, of what I tried to do. I was like trying to like get myself psyched up. What is what what does pre-test prep look like for Henry? I don't know. I, I was definitely not listening to like relaxing songs. I was definitely I was putting on some like, I don't know, metal to really like get in the mood. So, something a little violent, right? To really to really decide oh, like, okay. all right, I, I'm going to go destroy this test. The time is now. I feel like that's been your theme for this podcast, just approaching the LSAT in a little bit of a violent That's just kind of like my theme. That's like my main motivator, right? I feel like now as, well, as humans, I don't go out and, and hunt an elk anymore, right? I'm not, this is not... <laughs> I'm not a caveman, <laughs> and so I need to let that out some way. <laughs> and the way I let that out is through the LSAT. By being an it's through LR <laughs> sections. Yeah, exactly. That I mean, that was my that was my goal. I I had a really early time. We should actually probably now that we're talking about waking up early. I had a really early LSAT time. It was like seven thirty. It was. It might have even been earlier. Honestly, it was super early. And the reason that happened was because I like signed up two days after it opened. Don't do that, anyone who's listening. When it opens, just do it then, right? Pick the time then. But I remember I woke up at like 5.30 because I wanted to have like a lot of awake time beforehand. And so I went on a run and I was just listening to like music to really like get myself going. Like I'm, it's time to kill. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, just, like, I just still am on the fact that you compared hunting like wild animals to taking an LR section. I, but I mean, as crazy as it what? is it, it, this is about dominating the, the test it, it's not <laughs> i i mean i i am definitely not someone i i can see the value in relaxing if you're someone who's super stressed out but i like tend to say like channel that anxiety you have into rage could you paint a picture what does that look like another good tool i've been told like in in therapy is this idea of like if you're really anxious about something you try to notice what the physical effects you're feeling of anxiety and and they're basically the exact same as the physical effects of excitement and and you can realize like okay maybe you're anxious about something or stressed out but if you really notice how your body feels it's the same thing as being excited for something and so or i don't want to say the same thing but they're very similar and you can do i don't know i want to call it like a little mind trick and be like all right actually i'm really excited for this thing let's go out that's actually really helpful advice it's really cool yeah so that is that is or you could turn it into rage right so either excitement or rage maybe a little <laughs> bit of both <laughs> 
Well, to that point, whether you're finding something to relax you or get you angry and ready to... What was it? You said this test is about dominance. Yeah, dominate. <laughs> Whatever it is that you're doing, make sure you have a plan for what you're going to do before the test. I wouldn't wake up and just try to figure it out then. You want to just make sure you know what you're doing. You've got a game plan. You set your morning up right, and then you take the test, and then you enjoy yourself, and you take your mind off the test. The other thing I would make sure you're doing too, make sure you don't run into any issues with the proctor, is... Brush up on the rules, right? What the rules are for the test, what you can and can't have. So you can have five pieces of scratch paper. You're allowed to use control or command F. If you have accommodations, make sure you're super clear about what you can and can't do. You can have foam earplugs. You can't have any technologies. Like, make sure you know the rules. You don't want to ever get into a position where you and the proctor are going back and forth because neither of you are sure about whether or not what you're doing is allowed. Are there any other rules that you've seen people have trouble with their proctors with? I Not, like, rules-based. I guess some of it, in terms of trouble, I think you've covered everything. Sometimes proctors get a little bit weird. I, I tend to think it's just not worth it to fight with them. If that makes sense, just, just just do it. And in fact, let me put it this way. You will very likely experience something negative <laughs> on test day, right? Almost everyone has one or two things that are not good with Proctor U. I know on test day, like like my Proctor U, it, it kept disconnecting me and it was really frustrating, but it, it was also okay, right? Because at that point, I knew I had prepared enough that I was going to do well regardless if Proctor U got in my way. I couldn't be stopped. I told Proctor you. No, I totally agree. Oh, what'd you tell him? I, I, I could go around you or through you. It's up to you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I totally agree that I also like my my issue with my Proctor was that they kept saying that they couldn't see my screen. So they would like interrupt me and be like, go fix your settings so I can see your screen. But they wouldn't stop my timer. So over the course of my test, because I didn't know that I could ask them just pause my timer. You can do that. You can ask the proctor, like, if you're going to interrupt me, pause my timer. And I ended up losing about 10 minutes total on the test because they just kept <laughs> interrupting me. And I was like, absolutely losing my mind. I was like, freaking out. Thankfully, still did well. I'm here. But it was super annoying. And I, I wish that I had kind of cleared that up with the proctor earlier and, and made sure we were on the same page before we kept going. But the point is, because of how I studied for the test and how kind of, I hate using the phrase foolproof, but like foolproof, my, my strategies were, my skills were, I'd really taken the time to master everything. Despite losing time, despite being thrown off multiple times, despite having to sprint across my neighborhood to go get a random ThinkPad, I still did well right? Because I, I removed any room for error with my thought process. When I got into the test, I was like in a like flow state. Like there was absolutely nothing that could break me. I was set in stone. Was I freaking out a little bit? Sure, I was. But I, I built something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, right? Is building habits and making sure things that you're doing are procedural and systemic, right? That's what helped me overcome some of those issues. So all of that is to say, even if you have a bad proctor experience, it is still possible for you to do well if you prepare properly. Right. And, and, and that's also why, too, we're recommending you you really try to get everything covered, right? You get your place set up. You do all this because when something goes wrong, it's OK because nothing else is going wrong. Right. You don't want a situation where literally everything goes wrong. You'll probably experience something. And if you don't, that's even better. But if you do, that's OK. Right. You and I, we both had a couple bad test day experiences on the test that we ended up doing really well on. Um, and that's because we both prepared by studying and we set up our space. We knew what we could do, what was allowed on test day. We had our five pieces of scratch paper, things like, <laughs> I don't know if it was the five pieces of scratch paper that did it. Did you use all your pieces of scratch paper? Is that something you did? I don't think so. I, I know I use some of it for games, but I don't really write that much on the other two sections. Oh, you, you used scratch paper for games? 
Oh, crazy. Who would have thought? What? Oh, my God. No way. You use that for gay. You're allowed to do that? I had no <laughs> yeah. idea. What? Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Who does that? One thing. Oh, my God. By goodness. the way, too, I, I guess now we're talking test day. Don't be afraid to use your scratch paper on games. The, yeah, the way I look at it is even if you get a double game section, that's only eight games. And so you can use one full sheet per game, which I think is more than enough. And you'll still have a sheet left over for your LR and RC sections. I didn't even know that was like a concern people had of of saving their scratch paper. I feel like five, that's 10 sheets of paper, honestly. Like that's a lot of, maybe like don't get in the habit of writing super big. Maybe, maybe it was just me who was worried. I've never heard that before. I mean, no, maybe it's a concern. I just haven't heard it. Because I, well, I was thinking like, oh man, what if I have another LG section and I don't have scratch paper for it? And then I realized like, wait, I can use a full section. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have seen, I have seen some of my students write like ginormous game boards, like what their master game board will fill up the entire front page. Like, don't do that. Like, keep it a little concise. But yeah, I guess I just haven't thought of that before. Okay. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. We'll, we'll pretend, we'll pretend that was useful for someone. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Let us know, listeners, if you agree with Henry. But the the very last thing that I kind of want to talk about when it comes to test day, I I like to be a more comforting figure on this podcast. And I think you are more of the, uh, what's the word? What do I even call you, Henry? Like you're the light angel and I'm the the dark (laughs) angel on the shoulder. (laughs) Maybe, but you you tend to just get a little bit more... Primal. (laughs) Alpha, even. No. (laughs) Oh my god. you eat toast. (laughs) (laughs) only true listeners will know that one but (laughs) the point is it's test day at this point you know what you know right there's no point in going back and second guessing yourself there's no point in sitting there wishing you had done more work there's no point in in pondering over all the questions that you've gotten wrong before right when you're there it's game time it's ready it's time for you to do your best you are ready you are as prepared as you were meant to be and every minute that you were studying up until this point has been there and you've done that work to help you perform on this day, right? Do what you need to do, put all of that work to use. And again, right, you are as prepared as you were meant to be. You are going to do as well as you were meant to do. And I think it's really important to keep that perspective in mind that on test day, there's no room for doubt. There's no room for error. There's no room to be not confident in yourself. You really just have to put on your absolute best show. And kind of my last point to that is, Either way, you're going to be a lawyer and you're going to be okay and you will go to the law school you're meant to go to and everything will be fine. This test is not the end all be all. It is a means to an end and you will go to law school. Maybe it's not the one that you always thought you were going to go to, but that's okay, right? You will be a lawyer. You'll be successful. You'll be happy. And this this test does not determine your self-worth. So that's my two cents. I know you have a slightly different take on that. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's it's slightly different. I, I do agree. One thing you, you can be aware of, too, is that this does not have to be the only test you take. Many people take this test multiple times. And so most people do, right? And, and because of that, just being aware of like, hey, obviously you want to do as good as you can, but, but realizing this is not life or death, right? You can always go to law school later. It's not going anywhere, I don't think. So you're definitely able to take this again. So I think that can help take the edge off a little bit. And, and this other like concept too i hear this a lot where it's like oh man the lsat's not fair and and i hate to quote the lion king too but i'm going to and it's just like (laughs) life is not fair in fact the lsat (laughs) might be one of the most fair things if you really think about it i mean well what you're gonna become like you said you're gonna become a lawyer you have some judges that are gonna rule against you or be unfair to you and you're gonna have to keep fighting and that's okay right you guys are all fighters 
you'll be able to do it. Everyone is capable of doing well despite having a lot of things going against them, right? You are too. That's what I tell everyone, right? Like you'll probably have some adversity on this test and that's okay. It's not something that you can acknowledge it, be upset about it, but don't get worked up about it in the moment, right? In the moment, you're just like, okay, I'm going to keep going, right? You, you have a proctor issue in the middle of the test. They don't stop your time. It's, okay, it's two minutes. You can do well without it. You're definitely capable of putting out a, a good performance. So yeah, I don't know. That's that's my, I, I feel like it's about the same. You're like, ooh, like a slightly different take. Well, I thought you were going to be a little bit more aggressive with it. Like, no, it's not going to be okay. You have to do well. You are going to do well. Like, put your all into it. But it's a balance, right? It's a balance of, of not invalidating your feelings and, and also recognizing like, all right, this is just what happens, right? This is something that's going to happen to people. I've, I have the common one we just keep going back to is this idea of like the proctor messes up or maybe... I don't know. There's some terrible technology disaster. You write a rule down wrong and you mess up an entire game. You got to go. You got to go back. But but that's OK. Right. You, you got to keep fighting. Just try to do the best you can in that moment. And, th- and then and then complain about it afterwards. Right. You complain about it afterwards. You go out with some friends. You, you talk about it. You sit, say how bad it is. Talk about it on the seven stage forums. Email us. Complain about the test. Feel free to talk about it in the study breakout groups we host every month (laughs) every month (laughs) (laughs) no i i totally agree and one last piece of advice i want to leave our listeners with is a piece of advice i actually got from doing undergraduate mock trial which is one of the more nerdy activities out there but it's super fun if you have the opportunity to do it i would do it but we were going into a tournament i was super freaked out super stressed out i wanted to do well obviously and i'm like crying throwing up screaming freaking out before the round and my coach pulls me aside and he's like hey you're gonna go in there and you're probably gonna make a mistake right something will probably go wrong you will say something incorrectly you'll stumble over your words you'll lose an argument whatever it is right something will probably go wrong especially you asta that's what i said especially (laughs) me especially you because you are awful at everything you do No, he was like, you're going to make a mistake, something will go wrong. And in that moment, you have the decision to either let that be the only mistake you make in the round or let that snowball into more mistakes later on in the round. And he was like, just remember, right, don't let one mistake become many. And I have shared that piece of advice with a lot of test takers over the time that I've worked here at Seven Sage because I think it's really useful, right? You can make a mistake in one LR question and that can be it. That can be the only mistake you make or you can let that mistake that you made carry over to the rest of the section and the next section and the next section, right? And the test and then your next test your life and all of it right yeah exactly it really has the the potential to snowball and so with very high stress activities or events or tests like this one i think it's really important to remind yourself you are capable of isolating mistakes you are capable of isolating misunderstandings and still performing to the best of your ability in every other aspect of this test so if my undergraduate mock trial coach could impart any advice onto our podcast listeners it's to not let one mistake become many that's that that's ins- inspirational gonna go run through a brick wall after that <laughs> don't let one mistake. i like that i'm gonna start using that one, one mistake don't let one mistake become many it was profound like he told me that like years ago and I, I still remember it and remind myself of it honestly and remind my students of it all the time because i think it's such good advice for anything right the lsat life being a lawyer law school whatever it is i, I think it's really good advice yeah. rebranding the seven stage life podcast <laughs> <laughs> 
I say this a lot to our tutors, but I think part of helping people through the LSAT is being a little bit of a, a therapist, a little bit of a self-help coach, right? If you learn anything from this podcast, it's that you're going to be fine. Set yourself up well, study hard, do what you need to do, and test day will be a breeze. You're going to be fine because you prepared. That's what I would say. You're going to be fine because you prepared. And you listen to the 7 Sage LSAT podcast, and you bought 7 Sage Monthly plus Live, where you have access. <laughs> yeah, you have access to hundreds of video descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> and well, multiple that daily to classes. The, <laughs> <laughs> the amazing 99 percentile yes. instructors okay that brings us to the end of our episode here i hope you guys learned something i hope you guys feel inspired to either listen to a soothing song or run through a brick wall to psych yourself up for the test but either way best of luck you guys got this happy studying see y'all next week catch you later for more lsat study tips visit sevensage.com See you next week.